Oh, hello. Can we please talk about UFC Vegas 71? Uh, this is the Burt Locker and I'm Burt Green and this is called the Casuals Guide. This is a Casuals Guide to UFC Vegas 71. Basically, the word casual gets thrown around in MMA circles as an insult. I don't think it should be because there's nothing wrong with casually enjoying something. Like casually enjoying something is basically like the, the, the root of all happiness. And casuals built the sport, man. Without casuals, all you would have is hardcore fans bitching and moaning about fighter pay and then asking where the illegal streams are. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me started on those guys, honestly. They are, they are what's wrong with the sport. Casuals are what's right with the sport. So guys, this one's for you. This is a fun, fast, run through of the entire card for UFC Vegas 71. A little bit of information on every single fighter up and down this card. My quick prediction, if that sounds good, stick with me for the casuals guide to UFC Vegas 71. Right, let's get started with the prelims. You've got Brady Highstand versus Batgaral Dana. Now, this is the Bantamweight division, five for eight, place five for seven. No idea on the reach because it seems like the stat guys at the UFC took the week off this week because there weren't stats on any of them. I had to do some real deep research, so you're welcome. Uh, Highstand, he's one on one in the UFC, both decisions, six wins, two of each method, so he's a little bit unremarkable. He's, he's yet to make his kind of mark in, in MMA, really. Uh, Batgaral is on a two fight skid, but when he wins, he usually does get the knockout. Eight of 12. Uh, all by all three in the UFC in round one, all by knockout. So he works fast when he does win. Uh, Batgirl certainly seems to be the more dangerous of these two, so I'm going to take Batgirl by knockout in round one. Why the hell not, eh? And you've got Priscilla Cochera versus Karin Silva, both Brazilian. Uh, the women's 125 division, five foot seven place, five foot five. No idea on the reach again. Uh, I'd assume that Cachoeira probably has a slight reach. She does seem like the longest striker. She's predominantly a striker as well. She's got decent kicks, decent boxing. She's been in the UFC since 2018, so she ain't new to this. Uh, Kadeen Silva, she's a little bit of a more more of a dual threat. She's new to the UFC, but she did get a Brabo choke in her last fight, and that's a weird one. You don't see many of those at all. Um, she's Got nine knockouts and six submissions. She is a dual threat. I think Silva seems like she has more ways to win this one. So despite her being the newer of the two, I'm going to take Silva by submission in that one. Francis Marshall taking on William Gomez, the Jaguar. You've got uh, this is the 145 pound featherweight division. You've got five foot nine playing six foot. I think that Gomez has the reach advantage, but I'm not 100% sure because the stats aren't actually up on the UFC site and it doesn't show it on, doesn't show the reach on Sharedog, so that's bloody useless. Uh, Marshall's undefeated. Uh, he won in the UFC, his UFC debut by knockout, but he does mostly get submissions more than anything now. Gomez, he's this uh, French kickboxer, known as the Jaguar, as I mentioned. He's tall for a 145er, he's quite long, he's got good striking, 6 of 11 by knockout. He's, he's pretty good, this guy. Now, Marshall is undefeated, so I'm tempted to take him, but I do like Gomez, so I'm going to roll the dice on uh, William Gomez to take that one. Uh, Mohamed Usman versus Junior Taffer, 265-pounders, the big guys. 6'2", plays 6'3". Now, Usman is Kamara Usman's young, uh, older brother, I think. It, 
either way, bigger brother. He's gigantic. Uh, he did look good last time out. He got a massive left hook. He's a very scary-looking guy. He's got good wrestling. and look, He can uncork a punch with a lot of power. He's a big old boy. Uh, Junior Taffer is a UFC debut, but which is weird because when I looked at him, I was like, I'm sure I've seen you fight before. I'm sure. I might be getting him confused with... Uh, Justin Taffer. There's every chance of that, actually. Anyway, he's had four fights with four knockouts, three of them in round one. He does not waste time. Just looking at... I haven't seen his fights. They're not actually available online. I just tried to find some footage because he, he does look very familiar. I think he's got that kind of tie to Ivata style. He is from Australia. He's kind of a brawler. He clearly has lots of power. I like Taffer here because Usman, whilst he did win his last fight and he looked you know, really impressive with the knockout, like... That was the only part that really impressed me was that final punch. I think if this stays standing, I think Taffer is probably the more accomplished striker and, and likely gets the knockout there. Uh, Carol Rosa versus Norma Dumont, both Brazilian. This is the uh, featherweight ladies. Five foot seven, plays five foot seven. The reach is identical. Now, Rosa, she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She's got some good Muay Thai, but she does love her decision. Uh, Dumont has okay striking, okay grappling, and is pretty unremarkable. Uh, look, the best bet on this one is a decision. They both love going to a decision, winning or losing. I'm gonna take split decision to Rosa, Giant who cares on that one, if I'm totally honest. Then you've got Rani Yaha, Rani Yaya. Yeah, okay, uh, he's good. Yeah, he's someone I've seen before. And Montel Jackson uh, in the bantamweight division. So you've got five foot six playing five foot ten with a seven and a half inch reach for Jackson. Now Yaya is about as high level Brazilian jiu-jitsu as it gets. He got gold at Worlds and ADCC. He's a fifth degree black belt, which is like I don't know how many degrees he can get. It's just he's just bloody good. He's got 21 submissions on his record as well. So his MMA grappling clearly translates well. That's he allegedly also has Muay Thai. I'm not really seeing it. He just He's usually just willing to strike until he can get a hold of you. Don't let him get a hold of you because you're probably going to be tapping out. Now, Jackson is more of an all-rounder. He prefers to strike and he's good at outworking his opponents, to be fair. Now, Jackson's the longer guy. He probably wants to keep this standing because you do not go to the ground with somebody as good as Yaya. But you can only stop that for so long. I'm taking Yaya to get the submission. I don't think you'd get very good odds on that because... I'm sure the bookies know how good he is at submitting people. Uh, then you've got Ricky Glenn taking on Christios Giagos in the 155 lightweight division. Six foot plays five foot ten with a one inch reach for Giagos. Now Dawson's a decent all-rounder, really. He's not fought since 2021, though. And then Giagos is also a decent all-rounder. Nothing spectacular on his record, really. Not for either guy. Now, neither of the, these guys have done that much. Now, winning this one won't really add anything except maybe moving closer to a name that can perhaps put them in the rankings or near the rankings. So not too much on the, on the line in this one. Uh, I'd say that Glenn is slightly more well-rounded, just marginal, and that's as good a reason any. I'll, I'll, I'll bet on Glenn in that one. Uh, then you've got Jeremiah Wells taking on Matthew Smelsberger. This is a uh, welterweight division. Five foot nine plays six foot one with a one inch reach for Semmelsberger. Now, Wells is a heck of a specimen, really is. He's an absolute specimen, great athlete. Fight out of Henzo Grace's Philadelphia team. He's got a couple of very impressive wins. Warley Alves, Court McGee, those two were very noteworthy. Now, Semmelsberger, he's a very solid all-rounder. Nothing outstanding in any area, but he is very dangerous. He, he has got power, he's just a big dude. For me, I think that Wells is just the better athlete and he's probably slightly better in every area. So I think that Wells should win this, but it'll be an interesting one. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo taking on Brogan Walker. This is the 125 uh, ladies. So you've got 5'3 playing 5'4. Now Lucindo, 
is the Brazilian. She's got good power on the regionals, but she seems to struggle against the UFC competition. She came up short in her debut. She's got good striking, though, and no octagon jitters this time, so let's see how she gets on. Now, Brogan Walker, she's only won one in her last four, right? She lost her UFC debut. She's a BJJ black belt, but she does struggle to find the finish, which is going to be a problem here. I think that Lucindo gets the knockout here, despite being, you know, slightly newer. Yeah, I, I feel like she's probably just going to have the advantage on the feet. Bobby Green taking on Jared Gordon in the lightweight division. Now 5'10", plays 5'9", with a 3-inch reach for Green. Green has said that this is his last fight, and that's a problem for me, because any fighter that says they've already retired, that's usually an issue, because you know their head's already, they're already one foot out. But what I will say is that Green has really good boxing. He's got an exciting style. He's always willing to scrap, and it's often to his detriment. You know, he's, he, he has his game plan. He goes in there. He's a little bit one-dimensional, but his boxing really is good, and he is fun to watch. He's only won two in his last six, though, because he's just too willing to trade and sometimes ends up on the wrong end of it, and especially against you know a grappler. Now, Gordon, he's a Danaher brown belt. That's a higher-level brown belt because the Danaher death squad are killers. Everybody knows that. It's a BJJ kind of team uh, run by John Danaher. Look up John Danaher. He's a scary guy, but really really good that team are fantastic he's a killer on the ground he's got actually he's got decent striking we saw that against Paddy Pimlet he was able to really hold his own in the striking there he's the guy that everyone thought beat Paddy Pimlet but Paddy got the decision if you want some frame of reference for who Jared Gordon is now for me Green has already said that he's retiring that's not good one for out already as I said his takedown defense isn't brilliant I think that Gordon if he know if he the the path of least resistance will be to get the takedown and get the submission. I think if it goes to the ground, Gordon will have an easy time on the ground. Then you've got Brad Tavares taking on Bruno Silva in the middleweight division. 5'11", plays six foot with a 74 inch reach for both guys. Now, this one's really exciting for me because Tavares has been around for a long time. Uh, Hawaiian fighter, he often ends up in dog fights. He really does have some exciting fights. He's kind of strong in every area. He's got decent grappling, decent striking, but he's never been elite in any one area, which is, he just needs to put it all together. He, he ended up in a dog fight against Duplessis. Go back and watch that fight. It's a really, really fun scrap that one now Bruno Silva is a dangerous kickboxer right he caused so many issues for Pereira and we know how good Pereira is now Pereira he like he's he, he's so big that's what's causing a lot of problems for Bruno now Tavares is much more Bruno's size I think this is going to be uh, a difficult matchup for for Tavares in a lot of ways because look Mirchart caught him uh, caught Bruno Silva but anyone can get caught but you've got to look Bruno he can bang 22 wins, 19 knockouts, right? I think he adds another knockout here. I think he adds Tavares to his list of knockouts. Uh, really fun fight, that one. I'm having that circled as fight of the night. That, that one for me, fight of the night. Song Yedong taking on Ricky Simone in the bantamweight division. Five for eight, plays five for six with a two-inch reach for Simone. Now, Yedong is a high-level Chinese fighter. He fights out of Team Alpha Male with Uriah Faber and all those guys. So you know he's got a good guillotine. He's got strong wrestling, good striking. He's got very good power as well, deceptive power. He's got an excellent body shot on him, does uh, Song Yedong. Uh, 
He's kind of solid in all areas. Now, Simone is very impressive. 20 and 3, that's a crazy good record. To, to get to 20 and 3 in MMA, that's ridiculous. He's also beaten some good guys. Jack Shaw, that's that's very difficult to do. He also arguably choked out Marab Valishvili because he had him in like a head and arm choke. And Marab was out. The bell sounded and for the end of the final round. Marab won on by decision, but they but he was actually out on the floor, so it was slightly controversial there. For me, I think that Ricky Simone, he's on a roll. He's big, he's physical, he's athletic. I think that Yudong might struggle here, unless he can keep it standing and really kind of work the body. I, I do like Ricky Simone here. I think he outworks him probably to a decision. Then you've got the main event, Sergei Pavlovich taking on Curtis Blades. This one's a big one, right? Heavyweight division, six foot three, plays six foot four with a four inch reach for Pavlovich. Now, Pavlovich for me, he's the dark horse of the heavyweight division, really. He's got very fast hands, but he, he more importantly, he's got really good power, but it's not like power like Nganu swinging wild power. It's power like calculated, technical. Like he, he finds those straight punches, the shortest distance, straight down the middle. And he just puts people away, man. He puts them away. I mean, he's got five first round knockouts in a row, which is crazy. He lost his debut, right, to a guy called Alistair Overeem. But the fact that they're putting him in on his debut against Alistair Overeem speaks to how highly regarded Pavlovich was when he was debuting in the UFC. Now he's been on a roll. He has been just taking people's heads off left and right. And he's been doing it relatively quietly. There's still a lot of guys that don't know who Sergei Pavlovich is. You will. He's the guy that they need to keep John Jones away from. He's, I think he's the guy that really causes some problems. As does his opponent. Curtis Blades is also a super scary heavyweight. His wrestling is off the charts. He doesn't just like taking people down. He picks them up and he suplexes them all over the octagon. Go back and watch what he did to Mark Hunt. That's not easy to do. Mark Hunt is a heavy lump. And he just picked him up and just threw him around like an absolute ragdoll. He's got great ground and pound. You see the ground and pound that he landed on Alistair Overeem. That elbow. Go back and... right. If you, if you just look up... Curtis Blades, elbow on Overeem. Uh, viewer discretion is advised. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty, but it's good. It's great to watch. Great for guys who just want blood like me, you know? <laughs> anyway, ground and pound is sensational. His wrestling control is fantastic. His cardio has gotten a lot better. He's just very, very big. He's a very large heavyweight. And his striking's actually gotten better. We saw that big right cross that he landed that knocked Dorcas into another dimension. So... Look, Curtis Blades is dangerous as all hell. But for me, this is a tough matchup for him. For one reason, and that is that Blades has come unstuck against powerful punches in the past. Sergei Pavlovich is exactly that. And not only is he like a powerful puncher, but he's a very quick puncher. He covers distance very well and he just throws those short punches straight down the middle. He got, takes the kind of the shortest distance and he just lands with great power and just puts people away. I think we see another first round knockout for Pavlovich in this one, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Blades just smother him with wrestling and ground and pound because look, this is basically as high level as it gets in the heavyweight division and I cannot wait for this fight. So if you've liked everything you've seen, please hit subscribe, it'd be much appreciated and uh, we'll review these next week. Until then, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.